Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. Kevin Flippin, welcome to the Center of the Universe. Let me say first, Kevin, before you say anything, we've known each other 28 years, I think. Yeah. Um, And so I know that you go to the bathroom a lot. Wow. (laughs) So... Uh, for the audience, if there are any awkward breaks, it's because Kevin's going to the bathroom. Uh, I can't believe this. It's a great start. <laughs> is that where, I, where you want to be to start? Yeah, that's good. All, All right. right, but you and I have known each other a long time. A very long You've time. You've co-hosted a handful of times yes. uh, on this particular podcast. You and I are thinking about launching our own. Yeah. Or in on sports, you uh, I would consider a, to be a sports expert. I am... Uh, I, I don't really know anything about sports, but we're going to give it a try. I know a little bit about a lot. I'm not an expert at any of it. You, you'd name the entire starting uh, L.A. Dodgers baseball team from 1979 it, like 20 minutes ago. And it pains me to admit that I know anything about the L.A. Dodgers. Yeah, I, I can't say <laughs> Being a Padres Yeah, you are a Padres fan. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about uh, you grew up in the Richmond metro area? I did. I, this is funny. It just takes me back to Al. and I, where, did, where were you born, but where did you grow up? Um, I was born in MCV and I was adopted and grew up in short pump. Now it, it was short pump then is not short pump. Now, um, we actually lived in a neighborhood that my parents still live in that is behind Innsbruck. Of course, Innsbruck wasn't there at the time. It was just a big field trees and a big dirt road that went around in a circle and broad street was a two lane road from Parham, Parham, however you say it, or you want to say it, um, all the way out to, I guess, <laughs> West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was rural. Um, but, man, we we had so much fun growing up there. What would you do for fun? Uh, so that what became Innsbruck was just a big <laughs> place to ride bikes, to ride dirt bikes, uh, just, to, just to have fun. And back then, we could leave the house – um, let's just say I'm nine or ten years old, and my best friend at, at growing up, and still one of my best friends, Brett, moved across the street, and we would just take our bikes. Like our parents would go to work, and whatever time we got out of the house, we'd take our bikes and go back in the woods, dirt roads, their dump trucks back. They were doing construction back then to start building Innsbruck, but we would just go back the whole day. We're gone. I mean, there's, if if my mom had come, or dad had come home, they would like, well, where are they? But they didn't worry about it. Like right. now, you just wouldn't let your kids disappear. Yeah. And and so, oh man, we had so much fun. We had there was a <laughs> there was the woods next to my house. There was a path that I don't know how far it was to get to the dirt road, but it was probably thousand yards, let's say, pretty good distance. We a path that we weaved through the woods, and when it got to the dirt road, it dropped about six feet crossed the dirt road and then went back up six feet and kept going. Mm. So you know what we were doing there? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even from the time we were smaller with bikes, you'd run down that hill, pop up on the other side to the point where I was a teenager and we had a YZ125, a, a pretty big dirt bike. Right, right, right. <laughs> we were dropping down that hill and hopping up the other side. I mean, we, the guy next door who had the bike, he ran into a tree one time. I mean, it, it was... Just, you know, kid stuff. But we had so much fun. My, I had one of the best childhoods that I could even... Oh, it was my childhood. I don't know anybody about anybody else's, but um, I love my childhood. And my parents were 
They were awesome. They weren't. They still are awesome. They still are awesome, and they always will be. They, they weren't strict necessarily, but you knew. I mean, when my <laughs> my dad, when he got that look in his eye, uh, or he would he would bring the hammer down with with his voice too. Um, very rarely had to you know spank or do anything like that because we got it pretty quickly. Me and my sister, um, but they were just they did everything they could to give us. You know stuff they made us work for stuff too it wasn't just we weren't we were spoiled but not spoiled spoiled you know um but it was a nice neighborhood um i met some great friends as a kid i still like i said i still talk to a couple of guys that i grew up with um so yeah pretty cool very cool you said adopted earlier um yeah so your parents adopted you when you were how old yeah so my i'll, I'll back up a little bit my parents uh were married in 59 and they had a daughter in 61, uh, Teresa Gale. And unfortunately, she passed at 23 months old. Mm. Um, and I don't think my mom adopted mom, but she's my mom, um, Nettie. Uh, Nettie. Could have. We, uh, we, we can't say the, the name Nettie enough. Yeah, we can't. Uh, she couldn't have kids anymore. So they waited, if I do the math right, five years, four or five years, and adopted my sister, um, Denise. And as a baby, I think that was 68. And then a year later, a little over a year later, they adopted me. Uh, me and Denise weren't blood related. We just grew up in the same, we were brother and sister. Right. But so I guess we met when she was <laughs> 15 months old, 18 months old, and I was a baby. Um, and we grew up together. So, um, yeah. Uh, but they, it's funny, I, I didn't know I was adopted. I can't even tell you when I was told that. I think they told us. Probably when we were around five or six, maybe. Um, but it wasn't even something that I thought about. Didn't register with the no. five or six Adopted? Year old. Oh, okay. Well, you're, you're my parents. I mean, I don't. Is that a special kind of birth? I mean, adopted? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, don't, I didn't even. Now, I, I was, as I got a little older, I was, you know, you get a little smarter and you, you, you know, start to understand things. And I started to understand what that meant. Um, but it never. It's funny. I. I always looked at it like someone didn't want me and these people did. Now, I also, in a positive look, thought, hey, my mom probably gave me up for a reason. But I didn't know why. I didn't know who it was. None of that. So it was just one of those, hey, I'm, I'm living life and this is my parents. This is my sister. Now, Denise tried to look for her parents she was probably 17 or 18 and didn't have any luck. I mean, it's, it's, and I'll tell you in a little bit, the luck that my wife actually had finding mine. Um, but these days it's easier. Back then, uh, you probably would have had a, <laughs> a private investigator or something. And she didn't have the means to get that done. So she couldn't, she couldn't find. Uh, yeah, and the internet anything. wasn't around. You, had, you no. actually had to do pencil and paper and books in a library. Kind pretty of much, pretty much. Yeah. Or, you know, go get, uh, a Colombo or somebody to help you. Right, or get the government to help, and they probably were <laughs> couldn't do much. Pretty low on the list of things to worry about is who, you know, our real parents were. But we, like I said, we, I didn't think about it. I mean, I, I went through elementary school, middle school, high school, didn't think twice about it. I mean, they that's who my parents were. You know, as I got taller, because my mom, as you know, is 4'10". Net, Nettie is 4'10 in heels. In exactly heels, right. and yeah. has to run around in the shower to get wet. She's tiny. Um, and by the way, her mom was tinier. Than that's, her. I, that's not possible. It, it is. It, she, uh, 
she grew up in uh, right outside of Stanton, Virginia, in Craigsville. And uh, my my dad says they were, uh, and if any of them are listening to this, <laughs> uh, well, they probably heard it too. He called them the Pygmy Tribe because they were all they were all short. They were definitely uh, height challenged. So um, Nettie may have been one of the taller she, ones. She was she was right there with them um, in height. But they had great great. I had a great family that side. Both sides of my family were were great, but. Um, and still are great. Still are. Still are. Uh, but what was your original question? I don't even remember. No, it's but, all um, good, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so did you have the urge to find out who your biological parents were? No, not really. Um, I guess maybe if my life had sucked, <laughs> I probably would have thought more about like, it. Like, can I trade, trade in these guys? <laughs> right. And, uh, this guy's a... But you never needed to. You never thought I about never, it. I never... They they did it. They were great parents. Um they, like I said, man, they gave us everything that they could give us. Um, they taught us things that, that we needed to learn in life. Um, kept us away from trouble. Tried to. I mean, you know, we, we were kids, so uh, they, they went away one time to uh, San Francisco. But Do they know the story? Yeah, they know it. Um, and you'll, you'll know why in a second. They, uh, <laughs> they went to San Francisco for my dad's work, some kind of conference out there. Um, and he was a sheet metal worker, so some union conference or something and uh me and my sister thought it was a bright idea to have a party at the house how old are you all i'm gonna say 16 and 17 um which you know these days i guess kids are probably doing that now more often than kids back then but we had a bunch of people over i mean when i say a bunch there were probably 20 people over and 18 more people than your parents and they were asking yeah they yeah. told us before don't don't have people over <laughs> you're like um, okay here and here's here's a funny thing too our i went to Perham Road baptist church at the time so some of the the kids i was hanging out with were with me there like at the youth group well the youth pastor smart guy still still keep in touch with him over facebook now um called me probably around seven or seven thirty that night said hey i heard you were uh having some people over i thought i might drop by you know, and hang out. The youth pastor? The youth pastor. Not cool guy. Don't get me wrong. All of us loved him and he loved us. It was his way, I think, of saying Don't get hey, out of control. Yeah, don't 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 do anything crazy. And he's not coming by. But he wanted to to well maybe he was coming by, I just didn't make it. So we hid the alcohol in my parents' closet. And yeah, forgot that we You hid it there. Left the cooler in there, so Parents found out when they got home because they went in their closet. Yeah. <laughs> There's a cooler with empty cans in it. Uh, but no, you know, we didn't get all lit up, but we were kids, right? Some beer, some wine coolers. No big deal, but they were not happy. Doing um, what the average teenager does when their parents exactly. got to Yeah, this, that's the wildest story I could tell. It is not, um, but maybe for the podcast it is. Uh, <laughs> but they, they, we got a little punishment for that. Um, but, you know, that's about as wild as we got. I mean, just mentioning the youth group. I mean, some of my best friends were folks in a youth group. You know, the, the young life stuff. That I don't even know they still do that. Um, you know, going on retreats and, and hang, hanging out. I mean, we weren't, we weren't like straight and narrow kids. Like, we would go up to, uh, <laughs> we called them the dunk courts up at uh, Short Pump. And <laughs> we would take uh, some Brass Monkey. And I know that's, everybody thinks that's just a Beastie, Bo- Beastie Boys song. But uh, it's a drink. And you could probably run a car with it. It's it's horrible, uh, but we. What's in it? I, I have no idea. I really don't. I don't even know where we got it because we weren't old enough to get it. 
But it's not it's it's not sold in stores. It's sold somewhere. Really? Maybe maybe one of those wine warehouse stores. I don't know. Somebody that I've never little, had brass monkey. Well, somebody that was a little older than us was able to get it. And like I said, I mean, what you know, we're up there playing dunk basketball, drinking. I mean, we're not getting in trouble. These are like seven foot rims or eight foot rims. <laughs> eight foot rims, and we thought we were you know bad, but uh, it was fun. It's a good time. Brass monkey. Brass monkey, yeah. I, I'm 52, and I'm realizing now that that was a drink. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. And for, was, our, for our listening audience, uh, you happen to be wearing a Beastie Boys t-shirt today. Yeah, I, I, was, I wasn't the biggest Beastie Boys fan, but, I mean, <laughs> they were pretty, yeah, they're pretty, they were pretty good. good. We saw them in concert uh, one time with Run DMC back when they had just gotten big. And they got big on that License to Ill album. Run, Run DMC headlined, though, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the Beastie Boys and... and there are listeners that know them way better than I do, but that license to ill was literally over here for them. Everything else they made was more in their wheelhouse. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean they were they were actually really talented. It oh, wasn't yeah. just about rapping. But their license to ill songs, we still sang them. Like I could still yeah, sing yeah. Paul Revere <laughs> the whole song. So anyway, the Beastie Boys. That was, that was and that's what we were probably pumping in the in the car on the way to the dunk course. Right. Is the Beastie Boys. Um good times though. So, uh, for your kids' sake, they should understand that you took uh, a class at J. Sergeant Reynolds with me. You remember that class? <laughs> it wasn't economics, was it? It was close. Uh, I don't know what was it. It's how excited you were about taking the class. Well, <laughs> we passed. We, we did pass. I think it was Accounting 101. Oh. And I've, I've used nothing I've learned yeah. in that class uh, after we finished it. There's nothing I've, I haven't used economics. But we, I think we were a little bit older than the, the average student. <laughs> yeah, we were. When we rolled in. That was nice of you to take that, though. <laughs> I think you took that with me because I, I needed to take it. But, uh, yeah, school is school's interesting. I, I, was, I would could consider myself to have been a smart kid until, and it's funny, uh, Lionel and I laughed about this on his podcast episode, Lionel Bacon, um, once they put, oh, was it Kenny Wingle? One of the two. Once they put the letters into the, <laughs> in the algebra and all that, that's when I was, I lost it. I was like, yeah. I, I think it was Lionel. Yeah, X's and Y's and Z's. Yeah, once it went away from numbers. <laughs> right. But my, my son is, heck, he was doing the, the algebra stuff in fourth grade, I think, or fifth mm. grade. Like, are you kidding me? That's He's crazy. asking me for help. I'm like, I, <laughs> give me the phone. Let me look something up because I have no idea. But, yeah, I didn't, uh, it's funny when you told me that uh, at, St. Chris, you, and you obviously know this better than I do, but you studied more at St. Christopher's than you did at UVA. <laughs> that there's, right there. There's no question. I that don't. right there told me the difference between where I was going to high school and where you were going to high school because studying wasn't on my list of things to do necessarily. Um, yeah, like a lot of kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Looking back, you know, I'm, I'm, I regret some of those <laughs> decisions not to study harder. Um, but you know, I mean, I don't regret where I am and where, how life turned out. Now I will, you know, my wife and I make sure, and our kids are young, four, eight and 12, but with a 12 year old, it's, Hey, you know, let's take this seriously. And the funny thing is my dad imparted some wisdom on me when I was young that, that his dad imparted on him and my dad dropped out of school, um, in ninth grade. And he's not shy to tell you that. Like so. a lot of people his generation. Yeah. yeah. Um, to go start working. Yep. He said school was, just wasn't for him. But his dad always told him, I don't care if necessarily you come home with bad grades. If you don't get it, and we can work on that. But if you act up, then that's when we got a problem. Because um, he said everybody can behave. And uh, he, that's kind of how he raised us. You know, you, you better be behaving. I want you to get good grades, but 
you know, eh, every once in a while the, the mom would threaten me with, you can't play basketball anymore if you get a bad grade or, you know, just things that moms did. But I, I, it wasn't like a, a driven academic thing, right? We both, Denise and I went to college. We got into VCU. She was very artistic. Um, still art hanging in my parents' house to this day. Um, and so we, we weren't, you know, the, the dumbest kids in the world, but, you know, it, it was it was good. My, my parents did a good job. My mom was salutatorian of her class, high school class. She brags about that. Now, she won't tell anybody there's only 19 people in that class, but she was number That's two. That's still two out of 19. <laughs> right, she was number two. So, uh so she was a, uh, she was a, she was a smart. She still still is a smart lady, and country lady. You were you at? And we'll talk about wiffle golf too. But we had a wiffle golf. Uh, and and just you, you for can't, those, you can't, you, yeah, you're gonna. Have I to can't explain. jump into that, you, or should you, I? Well, I mean, you can, but you're just gonna have to explain what it is. Yeah. So one of the the highlights of my life, because <laughs> you've lived an amazing life in wiffle golf, has to be in the top five. And, hey, it, but still, one of the best days every year was Whiffle Golf. And it started at your house, actually, on Wilkinson Road. Um, I think we did it twice there. And I actually won one of those. <laughs> and I got a blue silk jacket. It was a, like, everybody a, like, a, signed. like a baseball jacket. It was from great. The yeah. But we, we did it twice, and then we stopped. And I think maybe you got married or things just – everybody went different. I, I believe the world was telling me to grow up. Maybe, maybe. And I hadn't grown up yet, so – I hadn't either. I think, I think it was Mike and I were probably drinking a beer one night and said, you know, we should do that again. So we started, and you were at the next one. It was out of my house at Goochland. Hold on, let, let's back up. Wiffle golf is, you get one club. Yep. It's a plastic, it's like, it's like, it's like a wiffle ball, but golf ball size. Yep. And you lay out 18 holes on somebody's property. <laughs> right. And it's all kinds of dumb stuff you've never done with a golf club before. Now, I will say it got a little more sophisticated. Once we got to my parents' house, then it was when we, I mean, there was a, a recliner in your front yard. Some, somebody thought it would be a good opportunity to leave a used, unwanted recliner in my front yard. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the rationale was for that, but yeah. Wasn't that the trophy, though? Did Jimmy win that? When I he... think that might have been the second place uh, prize was getting that it. used recliner. Well, and here's the other thing. Uh, I'm pretty sure the first time we, we did the Wiffle Golf Tournament at my place, like four people out of... 15 finished. Yeah, I mean, because we didn't know what we were doing. Well, that and we might have been drinking too much. Well, but that continued. So the beauty of Wiffle Golf, what it turned into was um, we ended up doing it at my parents' house, and they live out, still live out in the same house I grew up in. And, and they love Wiffle Golf. It's a couple acres big. Yeah. Not huge, but it's got a good yard. It's got a good woods area. Um, perfect for us to lay out nine holes that you would just play twice. And what would happen is we scheduled around two or three on a Saturday. You, you know, we'd send out an invite, an official invite, you know, bring your club, let us know if you're playing. My dad would be there parking people, um, which is hilarious. He, he, par was, he parked me a couple times. He was yeah. half lit when he was doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised more accidents didn't happen. Um, and then you would start. And literally, I think a couple times uh, my wife would introduce people on the first tee. And I think one time we went around and asked where everybody went to elementary school. Yes. So, you know, Paul Gilmanato, whatever elementary Henry Clay. Henry Clay Elementary School. And then you would tee off. So, did we play nine holes? You literally would, and, and just for anybody who, who cares, like the first hole, and, and by the way, if you're thinking about a yard, the driveway, the street, and the sidewalks, all water. 
So if your ball hit any of that at any time, whether it went over it, skipped over it, didn't matter. Basically yeah. anything that was going to mess up your club if you swung on exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to take your stroke. The first hole went around the house to the well. Mm-hmm. that Because my parents have well water out there still. And all you do is hit the well. And so then you do nine holes. Everybody comes in. There's a scorecard. We had a big whiteboard um, that I think I got at the uh, – uh, what's the candy store we used to work at? Is it a candy store? What was it? <laughs> I don't know. Do we sell cigarettes? Something. No, nah, I don't know what it was. It, uh, I, no, the bakery. The bakery. The bakery. Yes, the bakery. Candy store. I got a whiteboard from the bakery somehow. Um, and we put up our first round scores. Then everybody would eat and drink, which probably wasn't the smartest thing to do before you play another nine. But it evened the playing field a little bit because there are some people that actually could play golf playing in this thing. And they usually would be near the top of the leaderboard and then get them drinking yeah, the, the first nine is in the tw- low 20s. The, the next nine's in the mid-30s. Right. Yeah. So then you play the second nine, and, you know, but you play it just like a real tournament. You send out the, the people that scored the, the highest score um, first, get, and then the, the leaders oh, would yeah, go yeah, out last. Right, right. So they, when they were coming in, usually it's that last two groups. You'd have you know, everybody watching, and it was, it was all tense. We'd give out a, a red jacket, and we have a little trophy that's got every winner's name on it. Um, good times, man. I, I – I wish we were still doing it, but uh, I think my parents got to the point where I mean they're both eighty four now, and they it was just too much. But, I mean they they put a lot into that. I mean they when it came to the catering piece, my dad got a uh, portage on every year. Mm. It was a nice one too. Yeah, <laughs> the carpet in it, uh, um, and the beer was overflowing. There's still cases of beer in that shed out there that was for the last Ripple Golf Tournament. Oh wow! I'm like, Dad, you could probably throw that away, but. Anyway, how long was uh, how long ago was the last one? Three years, maybe, maybe right. four. I think Bo had just been born, so maybe four years ago. Yeah. So wiffle golf uninterrupted, starting at my place and ending at your place, went, went almost twenty years. Not quite. yeah, twenty years. Yeah. I, I would I would say I think I have I take that back. I think there's fifteen people on that cup. Last time I looked, so. I'm pretty sure I'm not on that cup, and I probably should have been at least once. You probably won one of the first two, but you probably said since you're hosting that you. I don't I'm pretty know, sure. I, I'm pretty sure I won by I, like eight strokes, and I just no. I'll play. tell you what it was. We tied, and you said, and I can't believe I'm admitting this because my name's on the cup. <laughs> but you said since I'm hosting it, you, you're you're first place. I didn't realize there was going to be a cup. With, you did with at my the time. <laughs> I mean, if I had known that, I would. Do you want me to go back and put it on there? Because I, I can. I, I, I mean, I can put it. I can put Rob's. I, I, on, I on think there. I. I think we need to have a tie <laughs> on the cup. Uh, and Rob Dole, did you ever come to Whipple Golf? I did. Because you're a good golfer, right? So I'm surprised your name's not on there. It's not on there, is it? <laughs> and by the way, forgetting. Kevin is talking to Rob Dole, who is uh, the official note taker of the podcast, who is not mic'd up directly right now. So. It's all good. He's a good golfer, too. He's a very good golfer. Played in college, in fact. Um, and has taught me a couple of things that I I understood what he was telling me. I just couldn't apply it to oh, my that's, actual that's swing. That's me as a yeah. golfer, for sure. Do you uh, like wiffle golf more than regular golf? <laughs> so, <laughs> no. Um, wiffle golf's fun. Don't get me wrong. But it, to me, the, the the most fun of the wiffle golf was the people that were there and the, you know just having friends over. I mean, we were there into the night, man. There were times we were playing flip cup in the backyard after everybody had left. You know, there's 10 people that are still there. And that's before we all had kids. Right. So people didn't care, right? And um, no, real golf, I, I, I discovered real golf probably when I was 18 or 19. I didn't play growing up. My dad didn't. He, My dad wasn't athletic and wasn't really into sports. I shouldn't say he wasn't athletic. He never showed off any athletic ability to me. He said he was 
pretty good athlete when he was you know younger, but he was more into the ladies than than playing sports, which which I believe. Um, but I will tell you this: every whenever he'd come home from work, I, he would come out there and throw the football with me. He'd come out and do stuff with me, even though I know he was tired at the time. I didn't really know it because I just thought, "Oh, my dad's home." He's yeah. But he would, and I try to to follow that example. Um, now I've got three boys, and it's a little harder. <laughs> follow that example but i do the best i can when they ask hey can we go do this can we go do that and um because there's times you know it's like oh, i can't do it but um golf so 18 or 19 i started playing we we go to massanutten every summer for a week my dad uh, and mom bought a timeshare there uh in 79 when i was 10 um and we still have it and they bought an extra week so now when we go in july me and my family are in the, the original one condo and they are up the hill about a half a mile and one of their own. So we still spend a week, you know, up there every year, but that's where I discovered golf. Um, it's such a hard game and I'm so bad at it. I mean, there were, there were times when I got better at it, you know, cause you, when you're young, you know, when we first met, actually, um, I was probably playing the next, the next, when we first met and probably through the next four or five years, I was probably playing twice a week. Um, uh, it might be a little aggressive, but once a week, four times a month at least. Yeah. And, you know, low 80s. I broke 80 a couple times. But I felt like I knew what I was doing. I didn't. <laughs> but we were having fun. But I wasn't looking at it as having fun. I was looking at it as a challenge back then. You know, what's your score? If you shoot a bad score, I'm mad. You know, and it's – I never I never was a club thrower, but um, – as I got older, it's become more of a, a relaxing, go out, you know, smoke a cigar, obviously don't inhale it, um, to have a drink. I don't drink on the golf course because it's hard enough game, you know, when I can see one ball. I, the guys that we play with that drink and, and play, I, I don't know how they do it. Um, but it's, it's five hours now of just getting away from the world, and I love it. Uh, I'd do it once a week now if I could. And the cool thing is my, my older two boys love playing with me now. So it's not hard to, to hey, Angel. Angel's my wife. Um, we're going to run out and play at the Hollows, 18 holes. And they let the kids play for free there. So shout out to the Hollows. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, they, they just paid us a dollar for there you go. their name. Yeah. And, but Briggs actually, Brody played in a tournament when he was six. And he liked it, but, it, it, you know, it, was, it wasn't his thing. Briggs played in probably six tournaments last summer. Mm. And, and, of course, I'm their caddy. And it is so much fun. I mean, it is, it's watching him. He's just a natural swinger of anything. He's a lefty. So watching him swing a golf club, watching him swing a baseball bat, it's, it's fun to go out and watch. But there was this one kid, Paul, at their, and they were seven, seven years old, that already looked like a pro. I mean, this kid was chipping in from off the green. His 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 swing, and and you could tell that he he wasn't cocky about it. He just knew how to do it, and it, it just I, I had to, I made sure to write his name down. I was like, I'm going to see this kid's name in 15 years on the pro tour. I mean, maybe not, but amazing. But we had it. You know, it's it's if anybody out there wants to do something fun with their kids, and they don't think about golf because you don't think about kids on a golf course, right? But it's four hours you get to spend with them. And you don't have to, you know, out there talking about golf the whole time. We're talking about everything. Yeah. Right. And, you know, my kids are good with, 
sometimes they'll take advice. Hey, man, just keep your head down. You know, little things you tell people. Right. Well, here's why you did that. Okay, whatever, Dad. I'm fine. Just leave me alone. Yeah, you got to say it in a way where right. they'll listen to you. But, yeah. yeah, golf has been uh expensive sport, too. Gosh. Um, probably played more if it didn't cost it daggone much but it's it is a very expensive sport it's very expensive but you know it's i've had some i've got some great stories about golf that that one day you know if al and i you know get off our butt and do a podcast we can tell but we've played through hurricanes well um, you told the one story on y'all's episode yeah yeah how me and al met but uh he me al and rob owens um so i go on a trip with those guys rob owens mainly another one of my best friends that up in philly he lives in philly but we go up to penn national every year every september and there literally was a – it wasn't a hurricane up there. I think it might have been a tornado watch. It was horrible. We were out there playing in it. It just – you, you, you weren't smart enough to leave? No, we weren't. Well, no, I think we were smart enough to leave. We just didn't want to. But it is what it is. So your desire to play golf was stronger than your, your brain telling you you should probably get out. Right. And plus, we paid money to come up there and play, so why not play? That's fair. By the way, I'm not ignoring you right now. I'm looking up uh, the episode number for you and Al. might take me a second. All right, oh, favorite fine. sport right now is it golf? To play, yes. Favorite sport of all time is probably basketball. And why is basketball your favorite sport of all time? Um, I just this, love this, it. this wasn't meant to be a hard hitting question. No, no. I, but I was thinking about it. What, what, what? I was probably it's probably the sport I was the best at. Um, it is the sport that I that I was best at. So now was I? <laughs> someone asked me the other day, "Are you any good?" And I was like, "Well, that's kind of a relative question, right?" I mean. I'm playing against my sons, yeah, I'm I'm awesome. <laughs> I'm drop step. I'm t- crossing them up. Well, so what year was it in high school that you uh, went out for the basketball Ninth team grade. and didn't make it? So I'll, I'll tell that story real quick too. So yeah. eighth grade, I went to Brooklyn, and the athletes not, not New York, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Middle school, school, yeah, here. Yeah. The athletes of my Rayford Giles was on that on that team, um, who went on to play at UMass. Um, the, the the kids that were on that team. <laughs> I was surprised. Uh, I would have been shocked if, if I would have made it past the first cut. I mean, they were that good. And I didn't. And so I wasn't really upset about that. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. I would have cut me too. So then I go to Tucker. Um, all of my friends from Brooklyn went to either Hermitage mostly or Henrico. And I went to Tucker. So I thought, hey, yeah, I probably got a chance to make this team. And, you know, to this day, my mind has changed over the years. At first I was mad because I got cut and – the coach wasn't really a basketball guy. He was more of a soccer coach or a cross-country coach. He was coaching the, uh, some ninth just, graders. Yeah. Ninth grade basketball. And, and so, you know, I blamed a lot of things for me not making it. But let's be honest. I probably just wasn't good enough. Um, I was smaller. Um, I could handle the ball really well. But, you know, it's, it is what it is. And I went on to play church basketball. had a great time doing that. Um, met a lot of cool people doing that. Uh, probably should have tried out again. But I was probably a little bitter. You know, as a teenager, I was like, ah, forget that. I ain't doing that again. And who knows? It probably would cut me again anyway. But um, L.A., and I don't know if I'll bring L.A. up, but both he and I had long after high school careers of playing basketball together. Yeah. Um, but neither one of us played. I think L.A. might have played 10th grade. I, I don't remember. But um, long, I mean, playing in leagues all over the city, the, the county, played against so many people that were so much better than me. Um, I mean, just, I could, you know, I'm not going to sit there and name them all, but. Um, Your favorite team was pe- the Rampage. People you know. And, well, you know, it's funny about the Rampage. I think you invited me to play that night. Yeah, because we needed an actual good player. 
and well, I don't know why you got me, but yeah, well, I, you were very good as a, as a young adult. Thanks, no I appreciate that. So I, I came out and played there with you guys and hit it off. Well, I already knew you guys, but I didn't know y'all played basketball on a team, and it was cool. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And the cool thing about that league is there were, and there still are, I believe. I don't think they they're playing now because of the pandemic, but four seasons, like it was, you could play year all year round. Yeah. Um, Whereas before any Henrico league, it was a summer league and a winter league. Um, I remember, heck, I was playing in four leagues at one time at, when I was probably 27, 28. I mean, that's a lot. And, you know, I wasn't dating anyone, wasn't married. So it was like yeah. Sunday night ball, Monday night ball, Wednesday night ball. And, but, yeah, playing on the Rampage was a lot of fun, a lot of uh, good memories, a lot of good uh, – the two of you just sitting here, um, a lot of fun playing uh, – basketball against a lot of cool people too i still see buck andre buckner i see him yeah, all the time great guy uh, yeah um but some of the characters from that league you and i still talk about um this just it's it, it's a good basketball to me is a great sport because i it doesn't see color it doesn't see um i've played in all white leagues not by choice. It wasn't like everybody was like, oh, only white guys can play in this league. It just happened, just happened to, be to be that be, way. Yeah. I was the only white guy in an all-black league. Um, but it, there was never a thought of, you know, just oh, playing here, basketball, here comes this man. white dude. Yeah, it's just, just basketball. Just playing basketball, yeah. And, and I, I've gravitated towards people that play basketball probably my whole life just because we think alike. And um, It's a really fun sport to it's play. A great, it's a great sport. It's a great team sport. It's a great sport to watch. I know people have their favorites when it comes to, you know, I hate the NBA or just, I, I watch it all, all of it. All right, let's get this out of the way pretty quickly. Uh, your favorite college basketball team? Yeah. Uh, well, you, you'll like this. I, when I first started watching it, uh, Mark Ivoroni and Wally. Back in the mid-70s. Wally Walker. Yeah, back in the mid-70s. Were on the UVA team. Yeah, the, and and uh, that's the, probably my first favorite team. Yeah, they won the ACC tournament in 76. And, and then I saw the Tar Heels, and Brett moved across the street. He's from North Carolina. You said Brett's name twice. You want to share his last name? Brett McPhee. Um, probably still, to this day, one of the best all-around athletes I've known. Uh, you, you, and you didn't know Brett back then. Brett could play tennis really, Brett really well. Do, he played tennis in college. Yeah. But he could – so if it's a racket sport, you can forget about it. He was awesome. He would drive me nuts. Any racket sport, ping pong. But it made me better, right? So then when I would play somebody else, I'd like, oh, wow, I'm actually pretty good at this because Brett would beat me down so bad. But he could play any, any sport it was. Um, you, he picked football, basketball, baseball. He was awesome at it. And since he was my best friend growing up and I, he was a little older than me, I kind of wanted to be as good as him, you know, um, but yeah, he liked the Tar Heels. Funny thing is, it's the only team. Oh, so you like made. like the Tar, Tar Heels because of Brett? Well, it, he kind of steered me that direction. God, it's a big, but here's the thing a, though: it's a big mistake. Well, once I probably I don't know. We've won five championships <laughs> so I'm, since I've been alive. Um, so that's it's not lot. that big a mistake. That, that's a lot. When you're a Chargers and a Padres fan, you got to have something to lead on. Or you're not saying an NBA team. Well, I was, I was, so we can go down that route some someday on our sports podcast. But I was a big Jordan guy because of Carolina, and when and he he's went to the, the best NBA, basketball player of all time, he is. And I and I started liking the Bulls when he went there, and I was a huge Bulls fan. I mean, just 
lived and died by that team. Even before they won their first championship. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, there were a lot of bandwagon folks, but that always happens. You know, the Tampa Bay fans now, you know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, of course, you're one of the few people know that knows I'm not No, we know you're a lifelong fan. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's it's been fun. I, like I said, when I, I didn't pick teams very well. Um, if I would have stuck with my original, I would have been a Steeler fan um, because I loved Terry Bradshaw and that whole 70s team. That, those teams were amazing. Yeah. I would have been a Phillies fan because I loved Mike Schmidt um, and a UVA fan because I liked Ivoroni and Wally Walker. But, you know, you're I was probably six or seven. I didn't yeah. know what I was talking about, right? And then I picked uh, the Chargers. Why, why, why the Chargers? The lightning Bolt. The lightning Bolt, and they, they were very they were a lot of fun to watch. Back then, you know, we had 6, 8, and 12, right? So on the Sunday, it was Channel 6, Channel 12. The late game, a lot of times, was the Chargers and the Raiders, or the Chargers in Denver. And Dan um, Fouts was the man. Dan Fouts, Air Coriel. It was so much fun to watch. And I just love their uniforms. And just no one else liked them. Kind of like your thing. Everybody around here is a Washington, Pittsburgh, Dallas fan. I didn't want to be that. I wanted to be somebody different. And, oh, man, I wish I'd have picked the Patriots or somebody else. But you can't. My wife's like, why don't you just change teams? You, you can't, can't do that. You can't do that. When you're six, you can change teams. Right. Definitely and not as an adult. No. And they moved to L.A. And people were like, you still going to be a Charger fan? I'm like, well, they started in L.A., so yeah. it's still the Chargers. If they turned into the L.A. Kardashians or something, I would have probably jumped ship. But you're, you're stuck with the Chargers. I'm stuck with them. <laughs> and they're not changing that name anytime soon. No, they do still have the Swedish uniforms in, in sports. Um, and the Padres are finally good, so, yeah, anyway. They're, they're finally spending money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so – um, but yeah, so that's how the Tar Heels happen. All right, who, who's the best basketball player you played with? You, and, and, you? Yeah, hilarious, and against, <laughs> and what? And and then expand upon that because I'm gonna get a beer. The best basketball player I've played with. So that 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 that's a tough one because uh, I, I don't even remember some some of the guys' names. That that team I played with in that, that church league. Where I was the only white guy, there were a couple guys on that team that were just awesome. Um, but JT Thompson is probably would be my. You remember JT? Yes. He was and still is. I tell him all the time too when I when I get to talk to him. That he's he's my favorite point guard to ever play with because he was just he was. You know how Kyrie Irving can get in the lane now, and, and you're like, what's he doing going down there? And now Kyrie's 6'5". JT wasn't. But the ball would come out of nowhere and go in. He had this great spin off the backboard. JT was – he was fearless. Uh, but he, was, he wasn't just a scorer. He passed it. He played defense. He was a lot of fun to play with. Um, look, I've had a great time. L.A. and I, honestly, um, were uh, – we're we were never the dynamic duo, but – We've always played together. And then Rob Owens came along, and Rob could play, too. Rob could jump out of the gym, um, you know, great athlete. So the three of us playing together. I'm sorry, together, you're talking about Rob or me? Rob Owens. No, yeah, jump out of the gym usually means you. Um, That's sarcasm for the but, audience. Uh, but playing against, I've played against some uh, some, pretty, some pretty good play. I mean, you know. I, if, if you say any other name than the one I think you're about to say, then we're going to have to explore it. The best player you've ever played against? Well, I'll name a couple. Edmund Sherrod. Okay. Um, and I actually, I think I pissed him off in that game. Uh, we were, <laughs> they give us a close game in the first half, and I don't think he was playing very well. And he's a little older at the time. I was young. 
probably 20, 21. Because well, he, he played in the late. He'd 70s. already been. Yeah, he'd already been yeah. in the NBA and out. Um, he played in v- at VCU like, what, through did. eighty, I think. Something like that. Yeah. And so everybody back then played zone defense in these leagues. So I was at the top of the zone. And clock's running down. He's waiting to shoot the last shot. I literally, and I did it on purpose because I was kind of a being a jerk. Yeah. Purposely backed up, like, go ahead, shoot it. You're not going to make it. Right. And he knew, and he knew what I was doing. And he'd already been in the NBA. Oh, yes. Yeah. And he looks at me like, just look like, are you kidding me? I think it was your only move. I was like, what in the world is this kid thinking? And he missed the shot, but he killed us in the second half. <laughs> and as we're walking out the court after, the, after I did that, Brad Bone, says, do you, you do know who that is, right? And I was like, yeah, I know who that is. But like, what, what am I supposed to be scared of him? Right. And then after the game, I was like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. But um, Edmund Sherrod was good. Pete Wolfolk, I played against him. Okay. Um, Kenny Atkinson, we got a run with him one time in, uh, what's that, Millhauser Gym in Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember Kenny Atkinson mm-hmm. played point at Richmond. And now he's the, he's the, I don't know, he's not the head coach now, but he was at the Nets. Uh, he wouldn't know me or anything. Right. Uh, I did play intramurals against Tim Legler one time. Tim Legler is probably the most famous basketball player that came out of my high school, Tucker. Um, and then, of course, there's Sonny Minor. You know, <laughs> I thought you were going to go Redbow. That guy's awesome. I, yeah. I, and w- did we ever figure out what his name is? Calvin Coleman? I think it's Calvin Coleman. I'm, lo- I'm looking at Rob when I say that. Well, Red was awesome. I loved playing against that guy because he would kill you, but he's nice to you. Yeah, super nice guy. Um, but there were some good players in that Ashland League. Ashland, <laughs> Ashland has a lot of sneaky, really good athletes. Oh, my gosh. It's weird. It, it, it really – so, you know, I guess you're at your – I was at my peak in my late 20s. By the time I got to the Rampage, I was in my 30s, and as we started playing there a lot, we were in our late 30s and 40s. You quickly find out – because it's not a – I think it was a 35 and over league. But some of those guys uh, they were still just as quick at 35 mm-hmm. as they were when they were 20. Yeah. And in fa- we found out pretty quickly that our knees and our ankles weren't, uh, weren't made for that anymore. Uh, I, my age, that's the last time I played in a, in a, in a league was at Ashland. Um, and I miss it. I still miss it. I see guys all the time. I saw a guy at the restaurant the other day that I, I used to play with, Big Jim, big tall guy. When, I, when he walked in, I was like, I know that guy. Very nice guy. And uh, I said, you still playing? He's like, no. Nah. I said, yeah, me either. But I miss it. What, uh, what did your license plate say when you were in your 20s? <laughs> so I was a big Jordan fan. So I, I bought a uh, – I'm, I'm not always – I wasn't always great at picking cars very well. Um, I would usually overshoot my, my budget. But I bought a Stealth, um, a green Stealth, um, pretty sweet car. Uh, and I put Air Jordan on the license plate. It was A-R. Yeah, I was going to say, are you sure it's Air? You, you thought it was Arnold. Uh, I thought it was some dude named Arnold Jordan that nobody <laughs> J- really knew anything about. J-O-R-D-N. Now, the cool thing about that is when L.A. would ride in the passenger seat with his bald head, I've had several people zoom up next to us <laughs> and look at the car and then thinking it might be uh, – That's hilarious. <laughs> and L.A. just kind of waves. <laughs> well, since you mentioned L.A. Uh, a couple times, uh, L.A. Green. L.A. Green. For the listening audience. Uh, you, L.A., and I played in that three-on-three tournament. Yes. What was the name of the tournament? Hoop it up, I hoop, think. hoop it up, and it was at the Coliseum. Yep. And what what uh, division were, were we in? I don't, I I don't the, know. I think it was the second highest division, maybe. maybe. Well, I don't think it was the highest. Oh, it definitely won the highest. Because um, there were some amazing players in those in those tournaments too. But we held our own. I we, mean, we made it to the finals. Yeah. Okay. We made it to the finals. And then got smoked in yeah. the finals. Yeah. I don't know how we got there, but we well, you know, we, I, we were pretty good. I mean, we were we were scrappy. 
We could shoot. We, we, were, could, we were scrappy. We knew basketball, so we knew what to do. I mean, we all knew our limitations, right? So, uh, you know, <laughs> we weren't trying to do things that we knew we couldn't do. So, yeah, that's right. I, I mean, I, I think it's a fair way to say it. But, yeah, L.A. I met L.A. in ninth grade um, at Tucker. He came bopping into the um, gym class. And I knew just looking at it, I was like, oh, I, I'm going to like this guy. And uh, we weren't best friends in high school. We were friends. Um, but after high school, we, we ended up working at the same place, uh, the Foreign Mission Board, one of the, my favorite jobs ever. Um, and he was working in the mail room, and I was in the warehouse with the purchasing people. So I would go run around town picking stuff up. But we, we, became, we, start, we moved in together as roommates, and you know, all through our 20s, we were inseparable. Just hanging and, out. And what did uh, LA's license plate say? When it's he was in his LA. 20s? It's LA. And I don't think LA. Was it IT apostrophe S? No, it was ITZ, if I remember correctly. Mm. Space LA. Okay. Now, you know, if, if LA listened to this, he could correct that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And he. You seem to be doubting that people are going to listen to this. Uh, before we started recording, you're like, I don't know if my parents are going to listen to this. Yeah, like, well, well, you can do something about that. Thousands of people will listen to this probably, but. Um, At least tens. L.A. didn't even turn the car on to go downtown. He just turned the stereo on. Because <laughs> we, we didn't even talk on the way down. Is that why you don't hear I so have, well? I, and if you ever want to get into that, that's why I have hearing aids now. I blame L.A. Yeah. It's L.A. It's L.A. Yeah. No, I don't blame L.A. But I'm sure it didn't, didn't help. <laughs> I'm surprised he doesn't have hearing aids. <laughs> Maybe he needs them and he hadn't gotten them yet. But, man, the music in that thing was, was thumping. But, well, we, we would go downtown Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Just hanging out and having a good time. Loud music. People. Oh, it was so much fun. But L.A. and Rob Owens. Rob moved. Uh, we, we played against Rob um, and then found out. We saw him at Capital One one day at Westmoreland. We're like, wait a minute. We know you. <laughs> and it's just like that. We became uh, the Three Musketeers. So And we're still tight. In fact, Rob's coming into town Friday to play. We're going to play golf. Me, yeah, L.A. and nice. Rob. Um, and Al, who you yeah, yeah. met earlier. So. Uh, by the way, since you brought up Al again, Al and you were episode uh, 32. 32? It was called 44 holes or something like exactly that? Exactly what it was called. Yeah, even though it was, I don't think it was only 43 holes, but you I guys, think we rounded. I think you added you one Y'all started the 44th. You know what? You're right. Yeah. I was You're listening. Right. You're right. We yeah. did start That's what 44. I do on this podcast. I listen to people. You listen? You listen well. I try to. But, uh, yeah, that's good stuff. All right, nice. So, let's go back to your adoption. All right. You didn't have uh, a ton of interest uh, growing up, even into your early adulthood. Uh, and then one day you came home fairly recently and, and what did you what did your wife hand you so and we can talk you know uh, about my wife um i guess maybe near, near the end we should um, because she's awesome and she she's curious she always was ever since she found out you know after we had started dating and ended up getting engaged getting married and all that you know about i mean i, I guess anybody would be curious at why, why haven't you tried to find your your real parents I'm, i always looked at it like and i think i told you before yeah i wasn't really interested i don't they didn't want me. Why would I care? You know? Um, also, I didn't want to, like, offend my parents. Right. In some way. Like, it's a weird like, thing. Like, you're not good enough. I got to go find these guys. Um, but I told her, I said, if you if you have any interest in it, go find them. And I'd I'd love to meet my mom. That'd be awesome. Or my birth mom, I should say. So, she, unbe- not, not unbeknownst to me, because we were doing, like, the uh, Ancestry.com stuff. It's... It, <laughs> I think that's a racket because I'm getting like, my, your fourth cousin. Is- All right, look, Ancestry.com is not a sponsor of this podcast. No. Let me just explain. My my daughter got tested 
she was very happy to be 24% Sicilian Italian. Okay, that part. Okay. And like, well, that's spot on. Mm-hmm. And then they give you this revised thing, trying to hook you back into spending more money. And all of a sudden, my daughter's not Italian anymore. Oh. Well, here's a little thing. I know my mother-in-law really well. <laughs> She's 100% Sicilian. So it doesn't have to be 25%, but it has to be above zero. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I do get the, here's what you are. That's great, I, you know, but but the, the I mean, they still to this day send me. Well, you might have a seventh cousin that's you know right. whatever. I know you send want us more money, money. We'll give you their name. Right. Um, but anyway, so she she found something ironically on Facebook that led her to social services, and I didn't know she was you know she wouldn't keep me updated. She comes in the house one night with a letter, and his hey, um, and she didn't open it. She just here got this, and I guess she knew it was something to do with it so i sit down and i open the letter and i read it and it said do you want to you have it with you now yeah i think i'll yeah i think it's worth reading yeah hold on yeah i'm gonna to talk to myself no, no not rob's hooking him up appreciate it rob because yeah, you were showing uh, showing this to me earlier yeah yeah it's it's and they gave us all this paperwork too so i, I was i was like after going your whole life with nothing and then all of a sudden you get flooded with all this information. Like stacks anyway. of paper, yeah. It's like crazy. And anyway. For, for the listening audience and for Kevin's kids, Kevin's putting his reading glasses on now. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, so this is what it said. And imagine you reading this when you have no idea what it is, first of and all. And you didn't expect it either. No, it wasn't at all. Um, this letter is in response to your adoptee application for disclosure that was received, blah, blah, blah. Um, Department of Social Services was appointed to search for your birth family and to provide you with non-identifying information. Through the search, it was determined that your birth mother and birth father are deceased. Uh, your birth mother's husband was contacted and sent to release uh, identifying information, and the rest it goes on. But, you know, I, I, I read it, I'm like, wait a minute. Did that just say that you found them, but they're both deceased? And she, she doesn't know what to say because she didn't know what the letter was going to say either. Right. Um, she certainly wasn't going to open it up before you Of course not, yeah. yeah. Well, I shouldn't say of course not because I'm sure some some wives and husbands do open each other's mail. Sure. Um but it was a weird feeling. It, it was a, it was a, it's, it was like almost like excitement for the first part of the sentence. Cause you read a sentence pretty quickly and then deflation right away. Like, Oh wow. But you don't know how to feel. Right? right. Cause it's not, it's not, it's not something I'd been dying to hear or dying to know, or, you know, so I'm not going to sit here and say I broke down in tears or anything. I, it was emotional. Cause it was like, Oh wow. So I guess I'm never gonna meet them. Um, cause they're deceased. But cool thing is, um, the, the man who was married to my mom when she passed is the guy who said, Hey, I'll, I'll meet him and talk to him. So we reached out to him. His name is Tom. Um, him and his current wife invited us over for dinner and Angel and I went over to the house and I got to see pictures of my mom, um, pictures of brothers. Um, you look like your, your biological brother. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just pictures of a lot of people that, you know, were part, of, I guess, my, my birth family. So that was cool. It, just the fact that they were so nice about it. And, um, but, but you know what, one of the things that I always said once I had kids, so it's been about 12 years, um, was I'd like to know the medical history, right? So yeah, who wouldn't, I yeah. can be aware of what, what might be, uh, coming down the road. So I, I was able to find out what my mom passed away from and, 
Um, so it, it, it'll heighten awareness for us and our three kids and just for me too. Sure. Um, because going, going your whole life and going to the doctor and them saying, Hey, fill this out. The cool thing is I never had to fill out a bunch of stuff because I just write, <laughs> I'm adopted. I don't know. Right. You know, do you have, do, do you have a family have a history of this? I don't know. You know, so, um, can't do that anymore, but it, it was, it was interesting. Now, the funny thing is, um, the, the, the guy who was married to my, to my mom said, Hey, her best friend and maybe her cousin, I can't remember if it's, if it's both or if it's just her best friend who lives in Florida. I told her about you and, and she said, please call her mm. because she wants to talk to you just to, so here's the funny story. The night that my mom, birth mom went into labor, she was with her, this lady I'm talking to from Florida. She said that they jumped at the car and took off to try to get, and they were way out. Um, I don't even know where they were. Um, Amelia, maybe. Somewhere. With it. It, but back then, in 1969, I mean, it wasn't like you could jump on a phone, a cell phone or anything. She jumped in a car. They start going. Her water breaks. They pull into a funeral home. Mm. The funeral home says, hey, jump in the back of the hearse. We'll get you to the hospital. So I rode in a hearse <laughs> the night I was born. Wow. <laughs> July 4th, 1969. Mm. Um, but it, just to hear that was like, wow. And then my, my adopted mother ended up working at a funeral home for 20, 25 years. And my first job was at a funeral home. Oh, wow. <laughs> so maybe there's some, maybe I should have been a funeral director. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that was crazy. And so then you also, when you're adopted, you, you wonder, did they really want me? You know what? So the cool thing about social services is they dug up all the paperwork and it's funny because it's, it's typewritered on there. Yeah, yeah. It's something we, our kids would never even know what that is. Um, but they put notes, they put all kinds of stuff like, uh, my, I, I believe my mom and dad, like he had moved away when she first got pregnant and she was expecting him to come back to Richmond. And I say moved away, it wasn't that far, but back then, you know, 30 miles was moving away. Um, he, according to the notes, it says he came back in June. I was born in July. Came back in June, and after talking to his friends, this is what the notes say. So who who, who knows who typed this up? Um, decided that he wasn't ready to get married, and thinks that she should give me up for adoption. And she, of course, was distraught about that. Um, there was a ninety-day. I can't remember what they call it. Um, period, though, where after the baby's born, you, you in this case, you can still yeah. change your mind. And she had, she elected to have that. She said, please let me have that 90 days because she was hopeful that my dad would come around and say, okay, yeah, or maybe come see me and go, oh, yeah, I do want to have it be in his life or whatever. Um, but the notes say that they reached out to her probably a month after I was born, quite a few times trying to get in touch with her, and she... She never responded. Were she, you the oldest biological kid for her? No. So so she had another one. So she kept her oldest. She, she kept the oldest. Gave gave you up for adoption. And then had another two with another husband. Maybe her first husband, really. Yeah. Um, a little bit later. And then I think he passed. I'm not sure. I, I shouldn't put that out there like that, but I didn't say his name. So I think he passed. And then she married the guy that I've met. Um, didn't have kids with him. But he knows her whole history, and and he's he was willing to reach out. And yeah, talk. he yeah. was willing to talk to me. Still is. We still talk. His wife still reaches out. She thought she saw us up at Mechanicsville Little League, and 
you know, texted me. Well, say, was that you guys? And hey, we'll have to get together and have dinner again sometime. Very nice people. Nice people um, are awesome. Yes, they are. Um, so, you know, reading all of that was, it made me feel like, okay, my mom did want me. Um, it just was probably better off that she didn't keep me. Um, and my parents really wanted me. Like yeah. the notes in there talk about how they adopted Denise the year and a uh, year and three months before. Actually, I was born in July. They got me in November. So it was like I was four months old. And uh, the notes say that um, Denise was jealous when they first brought me home. Like when they brought me to, I think they, I don't know how they do it, but somehow this, this person who was typing this up or whoever was telling they're, them. They're, the type, they're observing for the were first there. Yeah, they, hour or so probably. They yeah. were observing me with my new family. And they said Denise was jealous um, but my dad handled it well. He picked her up in one arm and me in the other, and she immediately quieted down. And then the second visit, they have notes about, you know, me loving to play with my dad because he would, you know, just stuff that made you go, okay, this is, everything turned out the way it should. Not that I questioned that ever, but uh, it's cool to have kind of that to see. Um, talk now, about, talk, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. What are you going to say? say talk about your relationship with Denise. Yeah, that's that's what I was actually going to go. Um she was awesome. She she was a rebel um, from the day we... The funny thing about her and I, we, we used to get in fights like any brother and sister, but we never hit each other above the shoulders. How weird is that? Like We never swung at each other's face. We never hit each other with anything, but we would hit each other, right? In the arm or oh, trying yeah. to hit each other just because you're brother and sister and you get mad at each other. But she was a... Uh, like, I, like I said earlier, man, I hate people say like I said, so I apologize. Um... As I said earlier, she's very artistic. Um, she was different in a great way, right? She was not normal at all. Um, and, 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 Did she and, know she wasn't normal? Yes, and she loved it. She celebrated she it. She loved it. Yeah. She, uh, she, once she was old enough, she started getting some tattoos. In fact, I've got one because of her. Um, but she, and I'll tell you about that in a little bit, but... She was just cool, man. She would, she would, I had a motorcycle when I was in my early 20s. She would always want to ride it by herself. She'd crash into the bushes and just be laughing. Um, she was living life, man. She was awesome, man. She, she had her demons, um, like anybody. Um, but I think one of the worst things that, that Denise, <laughs> she didn't pick her men very well. Um, I guess that's the nicest way to say that. And, and, I, and, I think she had this outcast feeling herself, so she picked outcast. Like I, I want to be with somebody who's not, who needs somebody, to, but, but to, not generally accepted by right, society. right. And yeah. and most of the guys she she hung out with, I was cool with. You know, I didn't have a problem. Um, but then she met this dude, uh, the last boyfriend she had, and honestly, he was almost like a stoner. Um, like, duh, you know, just always just slow and duh, duh. he was a nice guy. It seemed like, you know, never saw anything crazy about him. Um, I know she drove him nuts or no, take that back. He drove her nuts because I think the way he was and she was she's a little high strung. She was <laughs> she was she was always wanting to do something. Um, but, it, it, you know, her her life ended, unfortunately, at his hands. And uh, it's a crazy story because. Um, she was 34. She lived in a house up in Rockville, um, 
little white house, like right near where that uh, where the the Rockville Little League is. Mm-hmm. Um, and she always had dogs up there, snakes. She had animals from you know python. I think she had a python one time. Like we were like, what? 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 What's wrong with you? <laughs> but she never wanted kids, so it's like nothing. You know, python was going to kill anything except maybe the dog. Um, but you know, she always had exotic animals. She was she was just exotic herself. Um, very pretty. She had brown eyes, brown hair, olive skin. You could tell. Here's the funny thing. You could tell that neither one of us were our birth or my adopted parents' kids, because I'm six foot two. My mom's four ten. My dad's five five, five six. Denise was as tall as he was and had a, more of a darker complexion. It was just, it was just funny. My dad always said the mailman was six eight. That's why I'm. <laughs> but uh, he always loves telling. My dad's one of the funniest people I know. Um, but I'm a big fan of your parents. Yeah, so. they're 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 something else. I, I I got very lucky, but and they and they were they were tight with Denise. I mean, and once again, you know, Denise was a rebel. So some of the decisions she made, just like anybody, uh, my parents weren't the happiest with. But I think her and my mom had come to a a real good point in their relationship where they were talking like almost every day. Um, and my dad, of course, that's his little girl, right? So, um, and throwing the fact that they had lost their little girl in 61 makes this even more tragic. But, um, so one weekend, her and uh, the dude. Yeah, we're not saying his name. No, it's not worth saying his name. But the dude, we're supposed to go up northern Virginia for a concert. And it was a Saturday, right near Christmas. And stuff that they did all the time. Denise would always do stuff like that. Well, Sunday evening, they hadn't come back yet, and I think my parents thought they were supposed to be back because they had the dogs at the house, so they're not going to leave them for very long. I think maybe my parents fed the dogs that month, Sunday morning or something. Well, my dad calls me and says, you know, they're not home yet. Do you, you think there's anything to worry about? I'm like, nah, no, it's Denise. So he said, all right, well, you know, maybe tomorrow we'll see. I said, all right, that's cool. So the next day, still no, no word. And back then, I, I think we had cell phones. It's 2000. One. But they weren't prevalent. But yeah, it wasn't something that, you know, I said, well, let me call up to Arlington or wherever the heck they were and see if there's been any accidents, call hospital, whatever. So I did that, nothing. And now they're starting to get worried. I mean, you know, when you're a parent and, and you felt this, both of you have it, there's a, when your kid's in trouble, and, I, and luckily I haven't felt it too much yet. Um, there's something inside you that, it's almost like when your kid's crying, you know that's your kid. They knew something was wrong, and the next morning, it was probably six in the morning. That Monday morning. That Monday morning, they went up there. I think their their main intention was to go feed the dogs or to make sure they went to Rockville. They went up to her house. Yeah. And when they pulled up, the and they had a cust old custom van. That's what they had driven up to Arlington. It was in the driveway, so their first thought was, "Oh, they're home! Thank goodness." Um, but when my dad got out the car, he noticed the van was running. And he went around to look, and the dude's sitting in the, he's passed out in the driver's seat. And so my dad's, you know, banging, wait, what are you doing? And his, I, you know, I don't know if this is verbatim or not, but I think his words were pretty much, you know, Denise is in the house and she's dead. And now, I try to put myself in my parents' shoes. I don't want to because I hope this never happens to me. But it's dark too, right? So this is wintertime. It's early in the morning. It's dark. They went in the house and 
she's she's dead in the kitchen and pretty much almost tripped over. I mean, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what the feeling was. Um, but they called the cops. Um, the cops. They called the police, and the police show up immediately. Take him into custody, and he, you know, I don't know. It's statute of limitations. If this is even something I should say, but he admitted it in the police car, the whole thing, told exactly what happened. Um, I think later on his defense tried to say, you know, whatever they tried to say, because you know they're going to try to get him off the best they can. But I mean, the, the dude pretty much admitted it, um, and probably the worst phone call I, I got in my life was my mom calling me, and I didn't know. Well, she just she just pretty much said Denise it's Denise she's dead and I'm like what what are you, what are you talking about and she's she's like we're at the house she's dead and I said I'm coming up there she goes no don't 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 come up there so I guess maybe she figured I was gonna come up there and join in the grief right there or, or want to do something to somebody I don't know um, but turns out he uh, the story gets a little weird too because so we we have a funeral you know we do all that stuff and um i wanted to get a i got a tattoo back when i was 25 in vegas a flip on my which i think people think says eric well that's what i say um, it says yeah yeah but it's on my calf right so i've got a tattoo but i really wasn't looking to get another one but she loved them and i thought you know what i'm, I'm gonna go get something to kind of remember her by so i called my buddy chris rutherford um who has a few tattoos and he knows some guys so we went to a tattoo shop and i can't remember what his name was that owned the shop but we go into the shop and i start looking around at you know different designs to see if i can find something and he goes and starts talking to the guy because he knows him and i can't find anything i'm like i don't want anything in here i, I gotta figure out what it is for my own self and Maybe I'll bring it back and let him draw a picture of it, whatever. So we leave, and we get in the truck. Rutherford says he's sorry. And I'm like, what are you sorry for? He said, you didn't hear what we were talking about? I'll say, no, I didn't hear it, but now you got to tell me. <laughs> you can't right. do that. He said, yeah, I was talking to the guy, and the guy literally said, because this is like three months after it happened. The guy literally said, uh, did you hear about the murder that happened Christmas Eve? I guess what everybody thought it happened on Christmas Eve. Um and Chris is like, uh, you know, kind of looking over, see if I can hear. He's like, yeah, that's, you know, his sister. And he's like, oh, God, are you serious? He's like, yeah. He goes, well, that dude was referred to me, and it was in my shop fixing the railing or something in his tattoo shop that morning. Mm. He said, and then I don't know what he did from here to there, but that night is when he went home and apparently all coked up. Um they got in a fight it was Saturday night when they were supposed to be at the concert. They got in a fight, and that's when it happened. Um, but he was aware enough to not report it, not do anything for two days. Yeah, all day Sunday. Yeah. So, you know, whatever to that guy. But um, just a small world. But I, I, I asked Chris, I said, well, find out if he really knows. If he really knows him, I'll just go somewhere else. I don't really want to deal with somebody that knows that guy. He said, no, he doesn't know him. So I came up with a design, and went in there and he did it for me and it was it's still to this day it means a lot um i put her initials in the middle of it i put a she used to love rush the group rush mm -hmm. um she loved old school metallica but once they became more commercial she she was like yeah the speed metal metallica yeah, yeah, yeah. 
she would every morning. Back when they didn't care. Yeah, it was it was yeah. something else to listen to. But Rush was her thing, and she loved Rush. And I looked for a album cover that I could do. But you, if you look at Rush's album covers, there's none that unless you want to put something on your back. Right. There's, there's a lot going do. on. I think a, so. I think the Hold Your Fire album is just red, and it's got like a little couple little circles in it. So I put the red circle in the middle of the tattoo, and I put her initials in the middle of that but very faintly. So only I know they're in there. Right. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a reminder, you know, it's, it sucks. Cause I, the, the cool thing about Denise is as much as she didn't want children, I think she would have been like incredible as an aunt. Like, I think my kids would have loved her. Cause she was just, like I said, she was like a rebel. She, she didn't think like regular people. Does that make sense? I mean, mm. and I don't mean that in a bad way. She did. She just didn't think like me for sure. And I'm not calling myself regular by any stretch, but you know, her thought process was different. And I think it would have been, it would have been very beneficial for them to see to, to be around somebody who wasn't just thinking like everybody else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's it's a it's a sad story. I think my parents. I tell you this. I I don't. It's rare that you won't see me with a seatbelt on now. Because I'm like they, three kids. I don't want them to to lose the third one before they before they you know pass themselves. I mean it's hard it's hard enough to lose a kid. I can only imagine I haven't knock on wood again, um, and I'm sure people uh, tons of people have, but to lose two of them, you know, in your life to yeah it's just it it's it's rough. But it's, they, it's unfortunate and um, that happening to your parents being really good people. It's just and they've handled it surprisingly well. I, and it's funny thing about my parents is my, if they do listen to this, they'll find this funny. They're, they're, they're going to listen to it. I'll make sure they listen. To it. <laughs> so, well, so growing up, my dad was the high strung one because he was the, and my mom worked too, but he was busting his butt as a sheet metal worker. Not, and, you know, getting laid off, losing, you know, not having to work for, you know, however long it was. And, and back then I didn't understand it, but then getting work again. And, and he was busting his ass. Um, so he was, he was a little high strung. Uh, and my mom was the one that we all ran to, you know, is dad mad at us, you know, and it's totally flipped. And I'm not saying my mom's necessarily high strung, but my dad is like the most laid back. He's person. chill. He's definitely chill now. <laughs> now he will. I say that now. And my mom listening to this will go like, yeah, sure he is. Because to her, he might not be. But to everybody else, I mean, he's just, the, <laughs> he just, he tells my 12 year old jokes. I'm like, dad, <laughs> some of these jokes you're telling him, you gotta, you gotta. <laughs> Run by me first, please. Right, he's not there. Because Brody's coming home telling, you know, jokes to me. I'm like, did your grandfather tell you that? Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's cool. And I do, I got lucky with the wife. My, I mean, I, you know, we all go through, you know, relationships in life. And uh, I I got cheated on early on. I'm not, I would never mention anybody's name because the person, we were young. And I don't blame her at all. Um and we're still actually in contact. Uh, she's real cool. Um, but, Except for that one time. Well, you know, like, at the time it was heartbreaking. Sure. But looking back, it's like, yeah, it is what it was. We were so young. We're what, that's what young people do, I guess. But um, I shouldn't say that. Not everybody does that. But we, it was rough. But it made me um, learn a lot quickly about relationships and how to not, or how to, how to trust or try to trust people. But I finally met somebody, Angel, who I've never for a second doubted. 
You know what I mean? Like she could go out and do, just say, you know what? I'm going to go hang out with my friends. I'll see you when I see you. I go, okay, just let me know if you need anything. And I would never doubt one second. Now, maybe that's, um, what's the word? <laughs> maybe I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. No, nah, she would, she is the coolest. I got so lucky with her. Um, I, I always say I'll kick my coverage and I think I came up with that term. So if you ever hear it, that's, um, my term, daggone it. But I think it's a football term. It is a football but term. You're saying but, applied to. But it applies to how I ended up with someone out of my league. Yeah. Is it wrong for me to try to impersonate how she greets people? No, not at all. <laughs> I'm going I'm to mess it up. Go ahead. Hey. That's exactly right. You know, when I first met her, I thought. Is she going to be mad that I did that? Or not at all. She'll laugh. And that's why she's cool. When I first met her, I thought that was fake. Mm-mm. I thought there's, well, come on, man. Nobody's as happy and as, and as, I remember I was at a cookout and she walked out. Um, she had a, she had a jean dress on, like one of those sundresses, little blonde hair, a little petite thing. I was like, who is that? And I remember somebody said a girl named Angel, um, had played softball with them or whatever. And this was mostly people that I played softball with. I was like, oh, that must be that girl. They're talking about Angel. And, uh, sure as heck it was. And, um, I was dating somebody at the time, but I was, I probably flirted with her (laughs) more than I should have at that, at that party. Um, but we ended up hanging out and, uh, you know, it's, it's probably a boring story to most people, but, uh, it, we ended up together and it, it's been, it was all meant to be. It was, yeah. it, but you know what though? It, well, like I was going to say, she, she was so agreeable at first that I thought there's no way that somebody's like this. This has got to be fake. You know, I don't want to call her fake, but the hay and the, where do, you, where do you want to go to dinner? Wherever you want to go. I mean, she was so agreeable that I was like, something's wrong here. I, and I told LA, we, we, we were going to a party. We'd probably been dating for a month. And we were going to a party, and I met L.A. We were gonna, she was going to meet us there. We are going to go together. And I told L.A., he goes, well, how's it going? And I said, dude, if she don't start talking, this ain't going to work. Because I'm, you know, I'm in my early 30s now, and I'm like, there's no way I'm, I'm wasting any time on anybody. And I don't want her to waste time either. Um, ironically, literally a month later, we go on vacation to Massanutten. And she goes with me, and she ain't shut up since. <laughs> Why wasn't she talking the first couple of months? <laughs> I don't know. You don't have to ask her. She denies it. She said, I wasn't like that. And I was like, you know, it may, and maybe it's just, you know, being around somebody for the first few weeks, she was or you few out. months. And she was probably, yeah, playing it safe. Figuring it out. Because yeah. I'm not so sure she had had great relationships, you know. So she was probably like, you know, let's see if this dude's for real. And if he is, he'll he'll get me out of this shell. If yeah. he's not, he won't. Right. So, um, but it worked out great. And we've got three... Cool, cool kids. All right, hold on. I'm, I'm going to do a break in the action. It's an awkward transition after you just talked about your wife and you, and you want to talk about your three boys. How you met me? No, no, no. Uh, I, want to, I, want to, I, want to, I want to have a quick conversation about bumper night. Well, let, well, first, before you do that. You want to end on bumper night? No, no. Um, but, but tell people how you met me. Do you want me to tell that story? I do. I think it's hilarious. You and I worked at the bakery. Well, I, st- I started the bakery two weeks before you, I think. Yep. And there was uh, a young lady in the class behind me two weeks later and she was good looking and I'm like wow I wonder if she's dating anybody I, I was not seeing anybody at the time and uh I eventually I, I guess within a day or two learned that she she was uh, seeing somebody and I said well who, who she date I, I figured it was going to be some like 6'3 220 ruggedly handsome cat somebody similar to me 
And and somebody pointed at you because you were also in that training class. And I'm like, you're kidding me. There's oh, no way God. she is dating him. And then sure enough, a few days later, I confirmed that you two were seeing each other. And then I, I guess you and I started hanging out. But I, I learned about you because you were, you were dating somebody I thought was completely out of your league. Right. Well, turns out, here we are, still friends. <laughs> you see how that, that turned yeah, out. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, and I ended up with somebody much better. Yes, I um, agree. Once again, no names oh, need to be. Emphatically agree with you, yes. Oh, gosh, yes, yes. <laughs> My life has been a lot better. So, Bumper Night, that's a great thing to talk about. I think it is. Um, we, we're thinking about naming the podcast Bumper, Bumper Night. Bumper Night, yeah. Which, Bumper Night. Um, wow, do you want me to? It's your baby. No, we can both talk about it. Um you well, you explain it because, and then I'll just throw. Some, I don't. I don't remember how it started. I'm sure Mike Lewis was involved. He was. <laughs> um, it was Duke, and who was living at the house at the time? I'm pretty sure it was Lee, Duke, me, and maybe Pee Wee, but maybe Pee Wee had left, and it was uh, Billy. Billy, yeah, yeah, it's probably Billy. And so somebody got the idea. It was probably my dumbass to. Get 40-ounce malt liquors, and, and Duke and I had no problems uh, drinking 40s. Billy had joined us from time to time. I'm not sure Lee did. But anyway, we started doing it, and I started talking smack about how we were drinking 40-ounce uh, malt liquor at 307. And then I think I invited a couple of people to come over, and then we had the idea, like, let's put them in paper bags and mix them up, and you got to pick your pick number, number. And, and whatever you got, that's what you got. And if and you better finish it because it's bumper night. Oh. And if we initiated you that night, it was your first time drinking a forty. We we would celebrate it with a uh, diploma. You had graduated bumper night. My uh, girl, wife, girlfriend yeah. at the time, now wife, would print out because this is back in nineteen ninety four five whatever. Yeah, yeah. She would print out this certificate, eight and a half by eleven. You've graduated Bumper Night, and then it was signed by Duke as the president of Bumper Night, and I also signed it as the enforcer. And my role as the enforcer was simply to make sure that if you showed up to drink a bumper, you, you finished your bumper. bumper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I vaguely remember the best bumper that you could. And by, get. by by the way, I hope my kids don't listen to this. They will. <laughs> uh, I'll make sure of it right alongside my parents. Right. Uh, the best bumper, if I remember correctly, and when I say best, the one that wouldn't hit you as hard was the OE bumper. If I, if I, it didn't hit you that hard, but it was not the best tasting. Not the best tasting, but it didn't hit you that hard, right? right. So when we ended up at Denny's at one Cause in the we, morning, because we always ended up at Denny's. Yeah, you were a little more aware of what you were going to buy to eat, and you probably didn't kill you as much on Friday, right? Because by, by the way, bumper night was Thursday night. Whose idea that was? That was I my idea. Know. That was my idea. Right. We all worked Fridays. Um, but the worst bumper, and Duke introduced me to this, it was Steel Reserve. And I don't know if that's even a malt liquor. Steel Reserve and St. Ides are yeah. essentially equivalent to horse urine. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. And I don't even know if they still make it or not. I think they do. And I, and I told my wife the other day about Steel Reserve and said, it, it, she said, well, what did it taste like? I said, it, piss. Yeah, urine. And, and I've never drank piss, so but I'm just what, assuming. What you would imagine urine that's what it would taste like. like. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so the, the best tasting, in my opinion, was uh, Colt 45. There's no question. Now, I may have been influenced yeah. by Billy D. Maybe. But I, I, their logo, it still is, I think, Champagne Malt Liquor. I believe that. It is the Champagne Malt Liquor. Hey, Wilkinson Road was uh, – I remember Wilkinson Road for a lot of things, and you lived there. So, But I remember drinking too much, and the only time I've ever – and I rode motorcycles growing up. The only time I ever rode a – bullet bike somebody had brought it over to your house 
And I said, give me that thing. And I wrote it down Wilkinson Road and back and probably shouldn't have. No, you went down to the shopping center. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I said to myself, I, I, I would die on this bike. Yeah. It just, it's just too, too uh-uh. Um, and then another thing that happened there, uh, we were at, I think, the second Wiffle Golf Tournament. Well, by, by the way, before you keep going, I have to tell uh, the listener that there were no women invited. Now, my, my girlfriend at the time was around a lot. but Oh, for bumper night. Yeah, but women were not invited for no, no, night. but the cool thing about your basement is there was a there was a um, what do we call the the second the sofa. mezzanine the mezzanine yeah so me and LA actually would <laughs> try to get up there as much as possible bleacher seating yeah. bleacher seating a, a sofa on top of a sofa and then I think you had a bunk bed kind of situation there yeah I wasn't messing around with it oh basement. it was it was nuts yeah. we were in that room when um, Tyson bit Holyfield's ear <laughs> I mean there, there's a lot of cool that stuff that TV was crap too it was a we little crappy TV we didn't care man that was good times but we've had some uh, we've had some fun man we Mardi Gras twice yeah um, and it's another thing about that I've been lucky enough whether it was work related or just because I love traveling I've probably been to I think I counted one time 38 states which I'm sure lives people have done all 50 but um, several countries. I mean, just so much, so much fun. I got to go to Costa Rica for Capital One. Is, really? that, your, is that your favorite country outside of the U.S.? Costa Rica? Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't get to see the whole country. Um, but when I went into that group, there was, there was um, India. You could go to India. You could go to the Philippines. Or So we had a lady who loved going to India. Her name was Joanne. We had a guy... Uh, Tom that loved going to the Philippines, so I wasn't going to be able to touch those. But Costa Rica was open, which I'm I'd pick those I'm that over I, them anyway. I, I take Costa Rica, yeah, and and every city in Canada. <laughs> I could, apparently, no one wanted to go up there. I loved Canada. I went to Saskatoon, mm-hmm. um, to uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, to Toronto, of course, um, Saint Cats. Up, up, first time I saw Niagara Falls. Ah, man, it's it's. The, the bakery was uh, it was good for that. The, the bakery else. was good for a lot of things. It yeah. was good for a lot of things. But just, I love traveling. I mean, I went to Vegas probably every, and you were there several of those years, but every year for probably 10 years, mm. you know, as a single person. And then Angel and I have gone back a couple times. Um, you came home from deployment once, and I, I went, I don't think Angel went that time. But. <laughs> yeah, they're like, uh, Lisa's like, where do you want to go? Vegas. Of course. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite cities, but... Yeah, life's been fun, man. I, I can't, I can't, I can't complain. I mean, I haven't, I haven't. Uh, I the one thing about my life is sometimes people say, well, you know, what have you accomplished, or did you live your dream? I, no, I didn't live my dream. Um, I don't, you know, one of my dreams early on was being on sports radio or sports talk TV or being on Sports Center, but I didn't have the guts to do it, and I wish I'd. Had I had the guts to do it, but whatever. I probably would have never been Dan Patrick. But but you wish you would try. I wish I would have tried harder. But get to do this, and as you and I start doing a sports, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be so much At fun At least for incredible me. for the two of us. And, and I don't care that we're not making money on it. Yeah. I just want to do it because it's fun. Um, and sports has been such a huge part of my life. I'm sure my wife would, would say, good gracious, he, he probably watches or reads or listens to sports more than he pays attention to me. Um, which not true, but kind of, um, you might give that impression. I'm sure I do, I, but it's, you know, sports is, has been therapeutic too, right? I mean, I think a lot of people would, 
it's good therapy. I mean, it keeps your mind on something. And, uh, you know, instead of thinking about doing something wrong when I'm growing up, I'm thinking about, you know, who the Padres play tonight. You know, I'm not thinking about, hey, let's go around and, and steal something, which I'm not saying that never crossed my mind. But I was thinking about, well, you know, who's the next quarterback of the Chargers? I, so sports has been has been a I'm not going to say a blessing because I, I I have gone to church my whole life, so I'm not going to call it that. But uh, anyway, my kids are into sports somewhat. Nowhere near, and you and I have talked about this, nowhere near the way I was or am into sports they're just, they're, yet. Now, that may change. And if it does, it does. I'm not – I don't push them into anything. But, um, you know, Brody's really smart, my 12-year-old. Um, loves the YouTube stuff, loves the game and stuff. Briggs, my 8-year-old, is – he wants to be a pro baseball player, pro basketball player, and a pro football player. So that's more, sounds reasonable. More, more, yeah, up my up my alley, I guess. Um, but he'll surpass. He's already he's way better than I ever thought to be when I was that age. Um, and Bo is just going to be a. I don't know what Bo is going to be. He's the little brother of two older brothers. So he's four. Too. Watch out. And you're going to be fifty-two this summer. Yeah. So when he graduates, to do the math, I'll be sixty-six. So they'll be going, Bo, your grandfather came. That's awesome. <laughs> I'll be, no, that's that's dad. Uh, but they keep you, like I, I I still try to get on the elliptical a couple times a week because I know if I don't, if I just sit back and don't do nothing, I'm going to end up injuring myself yeah. trying to keep up with them. So, and that's going to happen. Uh, 50's a new 40, I like to say, but. Sure, we'll, so we'll, 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 go, we'll go with that. Uh, I fell down. It, it, you'll get a kick out of this. I was getting ready to throw it, a football. It, it takes me eight seconds to fall down, by the way. Well, let, let me tell you. I, I told Al the other day, I was like, I, I'm losing control of my body. As I, I guess, because, you know, you used to think you're, you're coordinated. If you, if you trip and fall or you trip, you can catch yourself. Or maybe you – I used to think – because some people try to put oh, – you can't push me over. I'm, I'm uber coordinated, whatever, which is bullshit. But I <laughs> – Went to throw a pass to Briggs yesterday and stepped off of the curb. And it's not even a real curb. It's the curb that your grass goes down into the yeah, street. Yeah. Twisted my ankle mm. and fell back onto, just fell back. That's how I caught myself on my elbows. My back still hurts. My, my ankle's hurting. But just the, just the feeling of falling and having no control over it, I... I I was like, "Oh my God, is this what it feels like? Is this this is pretty bad?" Be? I jumped off of a uh, two and a half foot ledge on the sand just this past weekend, and I w- I wondered if I was going to break both my legs. <laughs> God, I fortunately did not. I nailed the landing, but it I, it was uh, uh, I'm like I probably should never do this ever again. Uh, yeah, but hey, you know what, man? It's it's been a great life, so I'm not. Yeah, and you're still young. I mean, yeah, okay. 52 is new, whatever you say. Yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever you say. Good time. All right, let's end this with uh, talking about your uh, your bride. Oh, you want me to talk more about Angel? Why wouldn't you? She would love that. No, she wouldn't love that. She doesn't like doesn't like to be in the but spotlight. You, but you would love that. Uh, of course. She, gosh, I, I you know, it's, it's funny. Um, <laughs> how can I put this? Because... They say that opposites attract, right? And we are kind of opposite. Um, her likes and my likes aren't necessarily the same. Um, we do have a lot of similar likes, um, but and our kids are obviously number one. I mean, we 
if we ever do get, we hardly ever argue, which is a good thing, right? When we do argue, it's, we'll blow it out, right? And, and then the next day we're cool and it keeps them moving. And I think it's both of our personalities. We're pretty laid back. Um, but the kids is what we revolve around now, but we still try to find time for each other. But I, I couldn't have somebody the other day, Brett McPhee said, man, I love your wife. I said, what do you mean you love my wife? He, goes, <laughs> he said, no, she's just, she's good for you. Mm. And I went, oh, that's, I agree. I agree with that. And that's coming from somebody who obviously knows me very well. Um, so I, I, you know, it's a great thing. I, I, I really did get lucky. She's got a, a great family, a fun family. And, and you know, they, they talk about how you, uh, people don't get along with their mother-in-laws. <laughs> My mother-in-law's awesome. Um, Jerry, she is, uh, she's awesome. She saved my kid's life one time. Mm. We were at Nags Head and Briggs was probably one and a half, two. And she was sitting out by the pool and we were inside and he had somehow gotten out there without his swimmy on or whatever we, you know, you put on a kid. And I happened to look up right as he tripped into the pool and it was probably six feet. And she yelled. Kevin, you know, and she reached and grabbed him. And of course, I back then I was a little more spry. <laughs> I was able to get out there and snatch him up with her. But if she hadn't been there, yeah, she's awesome. She's awesome. Um, that's not why she's awesome. That's just another reason she's awesome. Um, she and the, and the the great thing about her is I she could come to my house every day of the week and I wouldn't care because she's she's great. Um, but she's 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 wary of that. She's like, I don't, I don't want to be in the way. I don't want to, I'm like, you're not in the way, man. Come on over. And, and I guess that's, that's a good thing, right? You know, because there are a lot of people who don't get along with their, <laughs> their in-laws. Um, but, yeah, she, she's awesome. Her dad's great. Dad is one of the most talented people that, that, that I know when it comes to, I mean, he does construction. He can rebuild anything. He can build a house. It's bare hands. Um, but outside of that, He's just a great guy. Like he accepted me into the family very quickly. I did ask him for her hand in marriage. So did I he think say he, yes right away? He, I don't know if it was right away, but yeah, yeah, he said yes. Um, so that was cool. He and I have always gotten along. And she's got um, five brothers and sisters. Wait, maybe it's six. No, five. There's six of them. So she's got five. And they all start all start with an A. The letter um, A. So there's uh. Adam's her brother, um, and that's Jerry's son as well. And then um, Craig, her dad, got remarried, had four others, um, Austin, Allie. This is not in order, so I think it's Allie, Austin, um, Alec, and Amelia. Um, and all of them are great. We have a good time. We hang out, holidays. Um, it's a good time. And now we've named our kids with Bs. I don't know where that – I don't think it was intentional either. Now, maybe it was Well, it became part. intentional at some point, right? Well, yeah, no, but I think just the whole you're saying a, a to B, you're saying it was those are A's. Now we're going to do B's. I think we just like the name Brody, um, and then it went from there. Yeah. So, so your grandkids maybe all C's. We'll C's, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Knowing Brody, who will probably have kids first, he'll, he he won't go down that path. That we he'll name the kid Xavier or something. Mix it up just to right. be different. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, my wife's awesome. I I can't complain one bit. All right, cool. Uh, last thing. Thoughts on the uh, sports podcast we're doing? I can't wait. I think it's going to be awesome. I think uh, I've got a lot of uh, terrible takes to share with the world. Mm. Um, I, I, I like hearing people's opinion. I think I think it'll be cool if we have people 
like a Rob Dole, you know, on to debate with us, you know, talk about things that he knows a lot about or whatever guest it is. Um, because you and I are, are... If Rob wasn't such a nice guy, I would say we could never talk about the Steelers on, this, on the podcast, but he's such a nice guy, I think we'd have to. Yeah, we'd have to, but that would be fun. I mean, a Steeler fan... They're, they're really good people, typically. They're good, they're, but most of them are good people. And, and a lot of them don't talk trash well enough. I was at a party one time where this, this Cowboy fan was just going off on the Steeler fan, and, I, and the Steeler fan wasn't pushing back. And I went, dude, what is wrong with you? Just hold up. Just you don't even have to say anything. It's, it's easy. Just hold up. How many championships you've got, and they'll shut up. But uh, that Steeler fans are great. That what a great what a great uh, organization that is. And it was cool to talk to to Chase a couple of weeks ago, whose podcast is coming out when Monday. Monday or maybe no, he's uh, two Mondays from now. Yep, yep, yep. yep. That was pretty cool. Although I think he quit by now, hadn't he? <laughs> I guess this week was his last week. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Rob, if you want to, um, you know. Get near the Steelers at a job. Okay. Yeah, he, he might want to uh, have done actually done that job before. Well, maybe. Yeah. No, but I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you're excited about it. I'm excited about it. Um, like I said, hey, if Al ever wants to do the golf one, I'd love to do 14 podcasts. I love it. Um, but you and I are going to talk some sports stuff. It's going to be uh, it's going to be fun. And you you and I have really taken this whole podcasting thing. Maybe we. We just like the sounds of our own voices or something, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I actually kind of do like mine. Which is Yours a bit of a sounds problem. good though. I I realized after listening to myself on here that I think I have a lisp. Like I, there's something going on with my voice that I didn't think I. <laughs> no, ever you're, had. you're getting inside your own head too. No, much. I'm, I'm, probably. Yeah. But when I first heard it, I was like, oh my god, that's not what I expected to sound like. But no, I can't change it. You'll that's, get used to it too. That's what I guess. Yeah. But you'll be fine. It's been it's been cool. But, you know, I'm, I'm working on my mic control. So no, you've done well tonight. You've done quite well for yourself. Well, Thank Kevin. You. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. Thanks. This was awesome. And uh, I think you'll be back like at least every week for uh, the foreseeable future. <laughs> and thanks for uh, bringing me on as co-host because it's been awesome. Yeah, it's been fun. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scodopodcast.com. Thank you.